Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. What did Santa bring you, Sue Thomas? You never told me. Oh, Santa, were you I, on the nice list or the I, naughty list? I really didn't uh, tell you. One of the things I got was already broken by Oscar the Bulldog. <laughs> It took about it five long. minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got some reading items in it. It was something I, I, I like to cook, and I can't. I need something to hold my books open. And my brother got me this really nice wooden stand, and you you can adjust the tilt for it. And I had it on the coffee table, and Oscar ran into the coffee table, knocked it off, and broke it. So. It was nice for about half an hour. Wow. that Yeah, that didn't last long at all. How about you? Do you get anything? Yeah, no, I think I can glue it, but I do I have the energy. I got some um, I got some new workout shoes because you know what I am Ooh. these days? I'm a gym rat, Sue. Let's, let's, well, you know what? I want to get, I have to get far? reaction. Yes, we are. And okay. I got to get reaction from our, our visitor here because this guy's known me for a long time and he'll, he'll mock me and laugh at me for some of the, the things I'm doing. But Dave Klein, producer emeritus, Yay! has taken us up on an invitation to come hang with us during the week between Christmas and New Year. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I look, looks like you're starting the segment off on a bold faced lie there, but that's <laughs> not, good. No, you, you're going to like this because, and you know this, and I've told Sue this, I'm, I'm either an all in or all out, right? If, if I'm out of my hat, habits, I'm done. But I have taken advantage of this uh, great membership at the MAC, and Sue, you'll like this. In the past week, I've gone in and I've worked out on my own. You know, I've been working out with Nick, the personal trainer, because I need that appointment. That's the key. I played racquetball on Friday. I worked out on Saturday morning. I worked out again today. What is happening? I I know. Like, and I I was excited about doing it, and I, you know... I thought you'd just say I, like I, I went into the building. No, I came back no. out to my car, so that counts as a visit. No, but I will. I will say this: that it it, it doesn't take me much because you know I go through the list of uh, possible excuses. Do I really want to do this today? No. But I I wanted to get out of the house for one thing, just because I feel like I've been. That's one motivator. You just get cooped up with this weather, so I'm oh, yeah. taking advantage. But Dave, did you ever play racquetball back in the day? I never did. Always got into tennis, never racquetball. You were a little too young because racquetball was big like in the 70s and like early Mm -hmm. 80s. And I think it tailed off and you were kind of an 80s kid. But I got got back into it here a couple of weeks ago and – couple of things. First of all, you're using muscles that you've never used in, you know, like decades for me. But it's so much fun. And I love pickleball. I love it. I yeah, do think it's, it's great. fun. But if I have to pick between pickleball and racquetball, I'm picking racquetball. You're I mean, moving a, a lot better more racquetball. Yeah. 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 Right. right. Potentially. Question. What kind of shoes are they? Are they just, you know, basic training shoes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's some. My wife's good at those. So she got me a couple of pair of Adidas. And, nice. Um, they look good and they, they feel good. And you know what? <laughs> and you're going to use them. I'm going to use them. That's I'm what gonna, I've heard. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a little bit of a pattern here, so I think it's great. But Dave, how are you, and how's the baby? Baby's doing well. Jacob is just about uh, three months old. He'll be three months on the 29th. Let's review. Yes, for the please. Yes. Let's, Let's do. review. So yes. Dave um, started working with me. I don't know. It was like 10 years ago, and then at one point he ditched out and worked for Bernie Miklas, and then Bernie kicked him to the curb and he came back <laughs> and worked. With I don't nice think that's how it. that will happen. Then, well, kind okay. of. And then, uh, Maybe. Right. And then uh, and then he came back, and then I got shifted over here to 97.1, and Dave stayed on the Cam West side, which really kind of made me mad because we had been working 
working together for so long. And then we reunited and everything was great. Everything was great until about a year ago this month when Dave came to me, came in that office. He had this look of horror on his face and he said, I'm leaving. I'm ditching out to like work in the real world. And that sucked. And he left us, although Abby's been great. But he leaves. And uh, how big was your family when you left here, Dave? Uh, you had three kids, right? Three kids. All right. That's so correct. let's go back in time. The first two were twins born what year? 26. Oh, now you're quizzing me. 2016. They were born prematurely, mm-hmm. but everything worked out great. Everything worked out mm-hmm. great. Nick, you for how long? Six weeks, right? Six weeks, yeah. They're, they're, they're six now. Then um, second child. Will was born in January of 2019. Right. I had a baby in 2015, my daughter Alexa. And it was after that experience, having not gotten a vasectomy by age 50, that I decided to get a vasectomy. I think maybe inspiring you just a little bit. You the master plan, did. The master plan in 2020, Dave's like, you know, Mark, you know what you did wrong? You didn't get it opening weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament. I'm like, you know what? That's the key. So Dave sets the appointment, opening weekend 2020 of the NCAA basketball tournament. What happened during that basketball tournament? Well, I believe the world shut down. Yes, the world shut down. Yes. No basketball tournament, No basketball. Right? Did you Lots or did you not go in for your surgery? I went in. I still went in. Bag so, of peas, the whole nine yards. I yeah, assume that's that. why. Okay. Earlier this year in the spring, I, I rolled up. Dave lives pretty close to where I live. And um, I was dropping something off, maybe some deer sausage. I think something so. Something like that. And his wife was in the garage, and she looked like she had just seen a ghost. <laughs> and I get out of the car, and I didn't know if someone had died or what had happened. And Dave said? Uh, the vasectomy did not work. <laughs> Oh, my and God. Casey was pregnant. Uh-huh. And Jacob was the aforementioned baby that was born three months ago. Yes. Now, was there a corrected vasectomy? Three weeks before he was born, I went back in. Yep. Okay, and, did, Okay. real question, uh-huh. Dave. Did they give it to you for free? I mean, oh, they, since one doesn't take? No, what did, oh. no, no, no. No, no. That's, a, that's still a sore subject with me. Oh, I p- apologize. Um, no, you're fine. I'm still paying for it, in fact. Oh, that's ridiculous. Do they yes. have any kind of... Uh, you know, what do they say when you say, oops, it didn't take? Well, it's in the fine print. And did you go not back and oh. get it checked no out? One, I, it's, it's like it's like bringing the, the Apple, you know, terms and conditions. No right, one ever right. reads no, it. Exactly. You yeah. just sign your life away. But there's a small percentage. I, absolutely. Just like oh. there's a small percentage of, you know, women who are in antibiotics zap the birth control. That's what happened with us. That's <laughs> mm. how Alexa came along. It's in the fine print. Yeah, it, I was the second patient my doctor has ever seen again for this. That's it. Are you in his kidding? entire career? That's, that's correct. Oh, that's days. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why Jacob is so wonderful. He is. Yes. And he's a gift. Yeah. Uh, crazy thing about his birth, too. I don't know if I told you guys this, but he was a breech baby. Uh, so, and the miraculous thing about what happened with his birth was we saw afterwards the, um, the, the placenta. Sure. And he had these very long, thick uh, cords going to it. And my, uh, essentially, my wife's doctor said we can flip them and you can give birth, you know, how you normally would, or we can have a C-section. She goes, well, I'm going to do the C-section. So he's born, C-section. We see the placenta. The doctor says, your baby was smart being breech with how his placenta was and how these cords were going to it. If we would have induced labor, there is a good chance not only he would have bled out, but so would have you. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. not tell me that. Are you yes. kidding me? Dead serious. Wow. Yeah. Well, you got that going for you, right? Crazy story. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, you skipped Mm -hmm. that one, Dave. (laughs) Yikes. Would you like to hang and do Sue's News? Absolutely, I would. Do that this afternoon. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. 
Well, I thought we would talk about travel horror stories since that's all that the news is today. And I, I have a good way to get into that after you start because I just pulled something up from a friend on Facebook that would kind of bring all this Southwest really? stuff okay. home. But you start. All right. Southwest, which we, and Mark and I talked about this at the beginning of the show. We love Southwest. I do too. It's I all mean, I fly. it's easy. They've got tight schedules. And they're usually on time. Well, it's just a train wreck. It has been for the entire holiday. Uh, Southwest had the most cancellations today of flight cancellations, over 2,500. Now, they had over 2,900 yesterday, too. It's just been horrendous. Uh, According to CNN, the airports hit especially hard today have been Denver International, Chicago Midway, Baltimore, Washington, Harry Reid in Vegas, and Dallas Love Field, even Nashville. Uh, Some of it was bad weather. All of it has been a nightmare. And apparently Southwest is going to scale back flights over the next few days and try to get everything back on track. But that means more people... Yeah, more people are going to be flight free. So this is a good example uh, of this. This is a a friend of mine, Tom, who just posted this a little while ago on Facebook. Southwest has canceled our flight tomorrow from New York City to St. Louis. They sent an email saying they're inundated with phone calls, so I should use the Southwest app to rebook. The app says there are no flights available until an overnight Saturday evening. We have a funeral to attend in St. Louis on Thursday. We booked the last two flights on American through Charlotte for $2,000 a piece. The repeat of Southwest incompetence should be addressed by the DOT and Congress. I can't disagree with that at this point. All the airlines face the same challenges from the weather, but only Southwest had a massive system meltdown. They have not invested in their systems and on a good day run the airline at maximum capacity with no room for error, which may or may not be true, but they usually do that pretty well when they do it. And he says this is the second time they've left tens of thousands of passengers stranded without any help or financial compensation. I mean, that is utterly, this is where Congress needs to get involved. And what sucks is they're the good guys in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. The other airlines, they have this stuff happen all the time, so if you can't depend on Southwest and clearly you can't this week, what a disaster. I read a story that said part of the issue is they have outdated software. That's, that they have huh. not invested in updating their well, own shame software. Shame on them. I mean, there's no excuse no, for that. No, there in, is in, not an in excuse this day for that. And, and look, you, you have all this success. You have customers that love you. Look what you've done to your brand Man. in one week, right? And yeah. these are we, people stuck all over the United States and family. I mean, can you, the, the cost of this alone, Mark's friend's two grand just to get out. And didn't you say, Mark, you knew somebody else who couldn't get a rental car? Because people are giving up and renting cars. Right. And those are out too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and we've got a former colleague, David Belleville, who works at the NBC affiliate in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. back home for the holidays, flying out southwest from Lambert. He was at the airport until 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm paraphrasing here could not get on the flight. And and, and in his case, he's lucky because he's actually stuck in his hometown. Right. Other people are not so lucky. Well, and so, and the other, my understanding is the reason this becomes even more difficult for for travelers, and it was referenced in Tom's Facebook post, is because they're using the weather as the reason, they're not giving you vouchers and stuff like that. So they're not compensating you. Oh, my gosh. That's some BS. Yes, that (laughs) is. I'll tell you what, Twitter is just uh, alive with photos of people stranded and their luggage. Have we not enjoyed that? Uh, Yes. It's not enjoyable, but it's shocking. Uh, It's just a mess. All right. Well, that brings up the fact that Buffalo and the bad weather. I can't believe it. When I have started to hear about the Buffalo weather, I thought, 
We missed that by a week. I am so grateful. Yeah, did you know that? She was, she was there. She was in Buffalo. You were just there? Yeah, because yes. when you're in St. Louis, Dave, and you want to take a vacation in the month of December, where do you go? <gasps> Buffalo. Buffalo. Well, yeah. I wanted to see that Frank Lloyd Wright house and Niagara Falls, and I did, but whoo. Now, the latest severe blizzard over the weekend unfortunately killed about 28 people, and these are people who know how to deal with this stuff. Mm. Officials think that that death toll will go up when folks are able to get out and check on people. And I thought, what what actually happened? Well, everybody's driving, and they had whiteout conditions. So you couldn't drive. And then if you pull over, you run out of gas, and then you're stranded in your car. That, that That's how they said part of the people. The rest of the people lost power and didn't have heat and couldn't get out to do anything. You know pictures where they show, you know, people opening their back door and it's just a wall of yes. snow? Yeah. That's kind of what this was. Wow. Crazy. Uh, hopefully that will get better. But they said that the wind gets... Here's part of the problem. They had two inches of rain before the snow even fell. So there's just ice, oh, ice. Yeah, underneath bad. all of that. If you do want to see a funny video out there, look at the video of the Bills players returning home with their cars in the parking lot in Buffalo trying to get out with feet upon feet of snow on top of their trucks and cars. It's totally crazy. On this, I, I had not ahead. seen that video until Dave just showed it to me during Hilarious. the break. That is, it really is amazing. I mean, those, that, and I've been, you know, I've been in Wisconsin with big, big snows, but this is just something different. No, it is. It's a different level. On this day in history... In 1974, I would have sound on this, but Abby's not here, and Dave is uh, just uh, coming to visit, (laughs) so I got nothing. Uh, But uh, there was a Dear Abby show that ran on CBS radio, and they ended it in 1974. Did you know there was a Dear Abby show on the radio, Mark? No. I didn't either. Is this like the column? I like guess. The advice column? Yes, yeah, so huh. people would call in and she'd say, Well, I'll tell you what to do. Isn't that? I had no idea that wow. existed. I had no idea. But that. it ended on 1974 and had run for 11 years. Also, on this day in St. Louis history, Raja, Elephant Raja, was born at the St. Louis Zoo. He was the first Asian elephant to be born there, and he remains the biggest elephant there. He's the only male. He had four daughters. He now has three that uh, have survived. But, yeah, he's been fairly prolific for an elephant. He's the only male there at the zoo? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Interesting. What a lucky guy. (laughs) According to the zoo, only about 35,000 Asian elephants remain in the wild. So for the first time, an Asian elephant was born at the St. Louis Zoo on this day in 1992. You know, that was a, I remember that. It was it was a big deal. It really too. was. Yeah. yeah. I've got a magnet from it happening. I don't know whether they sent them out to radio stations or what, but I kind of like that. And this story I've been saving for Mark. Okay, this is a much needed invention uh, by Google. It's come up with an AI and machine learning model that will be able to decipher and translate bad handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> now, of course. Perfect. For Mark. It, right. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, yeah, the... Well, maybe if it can, <laughs> can it really train. If that thing works, then it can do my handwriting. If it doesn't, I would be the true test. Well, that's true. Although a shocker, it, its main purpose is not really for that. It's for doctors. Uh, doctors' handwriting and scribbled notes. Apparently, pharmacies have real issues trying to figure out whether the doctor said what prescription. So that's why they're doing it. And there's no specific date for this new feature to come out. They, they're they not even sure in what sort of product 
they would use it, right? Are they going to be able to scan your horrible handwriting and then translate it on your laptop or phone? See, I have who knows? I have handwriting in front of me right right now, and you could you could <laughs> look at this and say, what in the world? It's it's sort of my own. Dave's seen it for years. It's sort of my own. Uh, shorthand. It does take extent. years to understand it. But you've been with me when I've looked at a sheet of paper, you know, and I'm like looking at it and it's my own writing and yeah. I can't figure it out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it happened. It seemed like a great idea and you understood it at the like, time. What, is that, what does that say? Uh, uh, and know. I've got a resolution for the new year and I'm going to bring this up a little bit early. I've heard this before. Mark has talked about this before. If you want to avoid awkward moments when you bump into somebody you've met before and you cannot remember their name, the trick from a memory champion, they've already started to interview people to get the tips. That is a real thing, a memory champion. When someone tells you their name, create an entertaining mental picture of them. Put something in that mental picture that makes you think of their name. For example, if you met someone named Ross, picture him in the apartment from Friends. I mean, really (laughs) picture him there. And the next time you see him, you'll associate that memory with him. Can you do this? Are you good at this? I think some things like that do work. I think so, too, but there are names... That don't fit. fit? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. Are you good at that, Dave? I'm terrible. Terrible with names. There's still some people in my wife's family who go, I, who is that again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. It's I not have good. the people we work with here, I think yes. they are. And I've worked with them for years. We've got producer Ethan out there now. Now, where would I put him in my mental picture? Ethan is not a common name that I, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm trying to think and of And we got Ethan's. another guy named Ethan here, right? Yeah, we got so that two of them. Two Ethans? Yes. yes. Oh, it's not fair. At one point, we had like, what, four or five Daves working in the building? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if someone has a less sitcom-friendly name, it still works. For example, the name Haseba. Picture her laughing with a zebra. Ha plus zebra equals (laughs) Haseba. Okay, wait a second. (laughs) Can I, can I can I just say Mark, this? how many Hasebras have you met in well, your right, life? Like, if, if the person you're going to meet is named Hasebra, <laughs> and if you can't remember that name, you've got bigger issues, I think. Cool, let me Should make a, a memory note of that person. What are you talking about? <laughs> ha plus zebra, zebra equals Hasebra. I think we've all learned something here today. And finally, Thank you, Sue. That's the example they gave. Yeah, finally, yes, like I could make that up. Haseba. <laughs> and finally in Sue's News, we have today's <clears throat> random fact. <clears throat> the guy who created the Incredible Hulk, his name is Jack Kirby, he got the idea when he saw a woman lift a car off her baby when it was trapped underneath. That is the origin of the Incredible Hulk. Like that. Isn't That's that good. interesting? Yeah. Haseba. Like one of those... <clears throat> strange <laughs> moments that happens when, you know, yes, super strength correct. you don't think you're capable of. Uh, there you go. Wrapping up Susan's Dave Klein, great to have you. Always Yay. great to be here. It is good to see you. Thank you for coming down in person. You take care of all those babies. I sure will. Jane would love to see you in person. She's actually in Italy right now. I saw that. Yeah, uh-huh. Good for her. Not so Buffalo. We, we will not have a round show <laughs> this week, but Dave Klein, you're always welcome. You know that. We love you. Thank you. Thank God you. bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, playing some segments that would be considered my favorites, some of my favorites from the year. I have a friend of mine named Bob Buckley who works in North Carolina, a TV station out there. We went to J School together, and he has done a series on um, this woman who lost her memory. It's like the real life or a real life Groundhog Day. Check it out. It's amazing. Bob Buckley. Sue, you might want to get the tissues out for this one. Mm. And this is a story that I saw on Facebook yesterday. Bob Buckley is a guy that I went to J school with many, many moons ago at the University of Missouri. And he works out in Greensboro, North Carolina at WGHP Fox 8. And I just want to start before I, Bob's on the line, but let me welcome him in with this report because this, this is an amazing story. It really is. A lot of people excited to see this. If you ever wanted to know what a miracle looks like. Got somebody for you to meet. Who's hey. this fella? Just watch this. Bob. I've met Caitlin Little 50 times. <laughs> this was the first time she remembered who I was. Does it feel that way? It really does. It does feel like a miracle. You know, Bob Buckley, I'm getting chills just hearing that again because this is such an amazing story. How are you, first and foremost? Welcome to the show here in St. Louis. Thank you. I've been waiting, what, third? Can I say how many years of spent since we were at Mizzou together? <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, a long, a long time. I sent him a, uh, a text yesterday, Sue. We had tried to hook up at a football game years ago, and I don't think we succeeded. We did. But I, I, no, sent, I sent you a text that said, um, I have an amazing professional opportunity for you, a chance to appear on the Mark Reardon show, <laughs> and, and you snagged it. But you got to tell us the story of Caitlin. So you, you've right. done, and here's what I love, Bob. When I was looking on the YouTube, I know you've done 31 yeah. reports, but you said this is kind of yeah. like what I just played. That's kind of like the first one of a new chapter, right? Right. So the first 30 were uh, had the title, Caitlin Can't Remember. And we changed it to this new one, too, Caitlin Can Remember. You know, you don't get this opportunity to do this type of serial reporting in, in TV news many places, although we have a sister station there, Fox 2, that might run some of these stories as well. Here's the Reader's Digest version. So this, this Caitlin Little was a track star, freshman at Southeast Guilford High School here. She was at practice, and a couple of kids were kind of goofing around, a boy and a girl flirting. The boy playfully shoved the girl, nothing malicious at all. The girl sort of stumbled, and the girl's forehead hit Caitlin right in the temple. Caitlin didn't get black, didn't black out, but obviously she was concussed. She gets to her mother's car and says, well, how do I, how do I open this door, Mom? I don't know how to you know, do this slide door in your van. And her mother's like, oh, man, something's wrong. They all said, give her a couple of weeks, she'll be fine. A couple of weeks, she was worse. Oh, wow, okay, we'll give her a couple of months, she'll be better. A couple of months, nothing was happening. For four and a half years, this girl woke up thinking it was Friday, October 13th, 2017, the day after the accident. All right, now let me, let oh me stop there because I have some more audio that will play well here. So her dad would go in every morning, listen to this. For months after the accident, this was her wake-up routine. Each morning, she had no memory of the day before. I try to tell her um, what the temperature is going to be, whether it's raining or not. What the, you know, the day of the week is usually. Hey, today is January the 16th. It's about 25 degrees out. It's got about 50 degrees today. Is it a heartbreak every day you do it? Every time. Oh, oh I can't even gosh. imagine. So, Bob, how much would she would not remember anything from day to day? Now, if people have seen that movie, Fifty First Dates, yeah. that's my sort of shorthand. It is 
that movie is based on a woman with the same condition in England. It was a true story there, too. The difference was that lady was 25 when she developed it. This woman, uh, Caitlin, was only 14. It is these traumatic, traumatic brain injuries do harm to the brain so that they remember most of the days they live it. By the way, their memory from the incident before is relatively normal. But each day as they live it after the injury, their brain doesn't have enough capacity oh. to turn those memories into long-term memory overnight. Oh. When that happens, they just disappear. Now, here's the frustration for the family, though. They've talked to more than 70 doctors, all the experts around the, around the country, certainly in the southeast. We have some great hospitals here in North Carolina. And what they would get was, hey, doc, what's wrong? I don't know. They understood that. It's very rare. All right, doc, what can we try? Yeah, I don't know. Just put her back in school. She might be faking it. She'll figure it out. That's what frustrated them. The traditional medical world had no answers. Mm -hmm. And what they found was when you talk to the so-called expert on the way into a certain medical center, and they said, I don't see anything here, mm -hmm. the entire medical center says, okay, we're not going to talk to you because our port of entry has said there's nothing to see here. So they That's felt abandoned. Bizarre. Yeah, and wow. I can imagine that they would feel abandoned. So you go out there, you do all of these reports, you have your audience kind of track her progress, but her progress is very yeah. limited, isn't it? Well, here's the thing. So the reports were key. They, they allowed me to, this incredible access to tell their story because they were desperate. They said, we have to cast a wider net, see if anyone out there has an answer. So, and everything that's helped her has been from someone who saw one of our stories running in one of our, we own 196 stations across the country, our company. So these stories are played a lot of places. And they contacted the family. So here are the couple of things that have helped. And by the way, I can say they feel they've crossed through the door into healing and they think she'll be okay. There's a long way to go. But the things that have helped in this order, there's a concussion specialist in uh, Pittsburgh who works with the, has been working with the NHL for years. He was trained as a chiropractor, but he's developed an entire new form of healing on concussions that has to do with resetting the skull and the, and the neck and everything. So that allows blood flow and reduces pressure and other fluid flow. That's number one. Number two, very close behind, stem cell therapy that's injected directly into her spinal cord so it doesn't get you know by it doesn't bypass the nervous system right. number three is nutrition because her brain and her gut weren't communicating and they're still not that's still their biggest challenge and number four is a local chiropractor who knows how to constantly keep her entire body in balance those four things have gotten to where now her memories are coming back and she's developing memories the fact that she knew me blew me away because well, as you heard in the report, I'd met her 50 times. She never remembered me. Bob, what was that like, that moment? Because oh. that's when I, I get, honestly, oh I get goodness. chills when I saw that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to play that. That had to be just amazing. Well, you could probably see in the video for those on, on TV, and you saw the TV version, the, the tears that came up. We're not supposed to get emotionally involved in stories that we do, but this went way beyond that. Of you know, course. when you spend as much time as I have with this family over the last four years. Bob, how old is she now? This is Sue, by the way. Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, she is about to turn 20. So this is one of the things. She, over the years, she got very good at picking up on environmental cues. So one of the times I interviewed her about a year ago, I said, so, and I would do these open-ended things. Caitlin, what's going on? And she looked around, and she saw a Christmas tree behind me. And she said, well, it's the holiday time, which means I'm having a birthday. Uh. I said, oh, how old are you going to be, Caitlin? And she, because she's born in December. She said, I'll be 15, because her memory still hadn't come back. Right. She's mm. about to turn 19. Mm. Here's one one more sound I wanted to throw in here from the parents. I think we quietly sat behind the scenes and we were losing hope. I'm excited, so excited to say tomorrow is looking so much brighter. 
it's brighter, Bob. It's not. They're over the hump. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but well, amazing, right? They're through, they're through the portal to healing, and she's slowly getting better. They're the first to admit they're not out of, out of the woods. And by the way, this this whole thing has cost them a fortune because nothing's covered by insurance. Mom is a teacher in the Guilford County School System. Dad has is sort of a one man band uh, construction business and in home repair business. So it's been tough on them that way. Financially, it's like I said, it's destroyed them. But these doctors work with them where they can. And they've, you know, the healing is worth it. I'm telling you, two years ago, Mark, and the dad even said this in our latest interview, he said she was on death's door. If you'd asked me 18 months, two years ago, because people did everywhere I went, how's Caitlin? I had to say, I don't know that she can be with us in six months because her organ systems were shutting down because she didn't have enough brain capacity to simply run her organs. Hey, but one, she's an entirely different person now. That that's amazing. One of the things that confused me that, and I probably didn't watch enough of of the piece. I was trying to zip through some of the YouTubes this morning, but she didn't graduate with with her class. What was up with that? No, she did. She oh, did. She and did. that's okay. episode twenty nine. So I was skeptical of that. I'm came like because they did. They I did a story about two years ago that she's on. Uh, pace to graduate. And I'm like, really? Are, this, are they just moving her along to get her move her along? And she, because she could remember things in short term, she would go through the lessons with her. She had a personal tutor came to the house all the time. One of her coaches, the one you saw in that story, right, Chris right, Cook, right, right, yeah, who said he was, and he tutored her all the way through. And we we were there for a couple of days of his tutoring, so we saw how he did it and how she did it. Wow! And she truly did the work. And it, it amazed me. So I, I bought into that later. Although one of the things Chris mentioned to me, Chris Cook, when I talked to him about that, and I said, really, Chris, is she really remembering this? He said, well, let me turn that around. How much algebra true do you remember? I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you got me there. How much so. journalism 101 do we remember, Bob Buckley, from right. back in the day, 40 years ago? Well, listen, it is outstanding to reconnect. The Facebook kind of helps us do that a little bit. He's with WGHP yeah. Fox 8 in Greensboro. Have you pretty much been there your whole career? Uh, no, I was in green, eastern part of North Carolina as a sports anchor, then ended up in Spokane, Washington as a sports anchor. But I got here in 94. Yeah, you've so been there for a long time. My career. And that's, a, that's yeah. a great run. There's no doubt about it. And that's, that's part of why the family trusted me to do this. They, they knew me. Their kids kind of grew up watching me, and that really helps with a trust factor. Yeah. Let's keep in touch. M-I-Z, Bob yeah. Buckley. You, baby. Even though there's not a whole lot to celebrate sports-wise. We'll talk soon. Thank hey, you, Bob. We like, we like Drinkwitz. He came from here, remember? I've known Drinkwitz for years before he we went there. I believe in him. We'll see what happens. Maybe they can finish strong. Keep in touch. Thank All you, right, Bob. Man. And All that right, interview was done, you know, a couple of months ago, and the football team did not do very well, of course, on Friday night. But how about the basketball oh, team? Oh, now that's the a Bragg whole other world. Haven't been back since that happened on Thursday, so that was a lot of fun. There you go. Bob Buckley, my friend from North Carolina. A little best of segment here this afternoon on St. Louis's home for Conservative Talk 97.1 FM Talk and the Mark Reardon Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, if you missed my interview back in uh, September with my good friend Ted Nugent, it's coming up in the next hour. Even if you heard it, you're going to want to hear it again because <laughs> it was that good. Because it's Ted. Uncle Ted brings it all the time. We're sprinkling in some best ofs here as we get back on track. And then everybody is going to be here a week from today. Fred, Abby, the whole gang. Sue, you're here all week, right? I am. Okay, so am I. I'll be here through Friday. We're not going to do a roundtable, though. I just made the call that it's um, it's it's people are fine, still on vacation. Right? Plus, and, you Jane know. is in Italy, and I didn't want to force one this week, so that's the way that's going to go. Hey, one one thing that I do want to chime in on here this afternoon, um, unfortunately, on a sad note, is the death of Demetrius Johnson, uh, DJ, who died at the age of sixty-one, and. You know, I just to give you a little background, I did not know him until the last couple of years, and he was working with some of our stations here, you know, in the urban stations in the Odyssey building, and I was introduced to him by Jeff Rainford, who is a good friend, obviously someone who's been on the roundtable for years. Jeff was the former chief of staff for Mayor Slay. He's like, you need to meet DJ, and, you know, he's your connection to all things Mizzou, and got to know him. Um, you know, not that people would remember this, but we threw him on the rear and round table one time, and it, it wasn't a good fit because mm-hmm. he's not a you know big political. He's an opinionated guy, and I and I loved him, but it wasn't anything that resulted in him being on my show on a regular basis. But we kept in touch, and then I had a great opportunity with Jeff and DJ over the summer. You might remember I get this call: "Hey, would you like to have dinner with Coach Drink?" And I'm like, "I do remember. Yes, this. I would." And so it was DJ and Jeff and Coach Drink and me, Mary Ellen Ponder from Rex Singfield's office and Rex, and we all went out and hung out in the Central West End one night in the summer, and it was fantastic. And that was the last time that I saw him. But it's important to remember that this was the guy that played probably the most vital role in getting Luther Burden Jr. from East St. Louis to play and commit for the Tigers and to stay with Mizzou, especially with the name, image, and likeness. And that's what, you know, Demetrius has been working on more recently, some of the NIL stuff with Luther and, and some other folks. So he grew up in housing projects here in St. Louis. And it was before my time at Mizzou. I went to Mizzou in 1983. I was a freshman. He graduated in 82, but it was a name that everybody knew if you follow Mizzou sports. And he got drafted by the Detroit Lions. He played four seasons with the Lions, and then I think he played his um, last season with the Dolphins. He was At one point, he was defensive captain for—he was a defensive end, so that was his Mm -hmm. position. He was defensive captain for Detroit for one of those years. But outside of all that, he was someone that was really, really important in this— particular community and he played a mentor role in a you know role that was really really vital for a lot of these young kids that don't think that they have a future um, maybe they think that athletics is their only path out and you know obviously Demetrius played a role in, in trying to navigate he those did. particular situations with reality in life because not everyone's going to go into the NFL not everyone's going to go into the NBA he had in it was about I'm actually surprised he hung on as long as he did because Jeff had texted me the weekend before Christmas and saying that he was in a real bad condition. He had suffered some sort of, um, you know, damage to his heart. Basically, I think his aorta blew up and they described it as an aortic dissection, (sighs) which is a rare heart condition. He was only 61 years old. He was a guy. And so you met him before, but he was one of those guys that just exuded warmth. Yep. Which is weird because he's a big, burly football player guy. I'm guessing that the quarterbacks that he was tackling, you know, in the Big 8 and in the NFL back in the day didn't think he was big, warm teddy bear, but he did have that aura about him. He was just kind of a, more of a gentle giant type of person for me. Those are my favorite people, the gentle giants. And he definitely was one of them. He's just a quality, was a quality person. He had a big heart. Um, he always had a smile on his face, um, you know, and I didn't 
didn't know him that well, but what I did know about him is that he worked really hard and really uh, did a lot of great things for this community and for these kids. And, you know, one of the things that he was probably best known for, I focus on the NFL and Mizzou, but he had a great organization which fed a lot of people here in the community, make sure that people uh, were not hungry on Thanksgiving. The Demetrius Johnson Foundation He created that in 1992, and they gave away Thanksgiving turkeys and, you know, toys and all kinds of things for years and years and years. So he will definitely be missed and just one of those sad things that happened, unfortunately, over the holidays at the age of only 61, which that that's just a a big kick in the gut, unfortunately. But I did want to address that just a little bit because he played such an important role and I got a chance to know him here. A little bit over the last couple of years. Okay, so we'll we'll get you into the next hour, and in the next hour, I hope I have some time for um, the Kenny Wallace audio that we, we I hope so spoke too. with Kenny I love because it. he had a an epic time doing this dirt race where they, you know, I don't know how many tons of soil that they poured into the dome a few weeks ago, and Kenny had this legendary ride. Um, that got the crowds and the fans here in St. Louis really going. And he's just got one of those personalities, too. Speaking of warmth, yeah, <laughs> that's Kenny Wallace, right? So we're going to start, though, with Uncle Ted. So Ted Nugent was a guest in September. Ted was a guest the first week that I took the airwaves here, switching over from Camo X to 97.1. We were trying to go big and bold, and he was like one of the biggest and boldest we had, having been on the show for many, many years. Um, I cemented, I've known him for 25 years, I cemented that relationship with him about 12 years ago. He came in and he did the Reardon Roundtable. Like he stayed for two hours. He was in the studio for the Roundtable, and then he's he wanted to stay for the entire next hour, too. I can't even remember where he was playing that night, if it was the amphitheater or someplace else. But um, he's a big teddy bear, too. So we'll have our interview with Uncle Ted on, and then hopefully Kenny Wallace and an audio cut of the day coming up as well in the next hour here on a Tuesday edition of the Mark Reardon Show on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.